You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Interesting times, amen, as a nation and um, as a church and in particular as a city. It's interesting how things change when the cities change. You know, all the concern for security that our politicians are having now is primarily because he has come to their base. Because whatever it is that is we're hearing, some people have been living with it for years. For our brethren in areas like Kaduna and the rest of them, they've been seeing it for years, some, almost seven, eight years. You know, but he has come close and um, we're seeing some reactions and all of that. Well, let it work for the good of our nation. Amen. Today is Thanksgiving, so we're going to be, you know, uh, particularly taking time to appreciate and just celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And um, we're going to be dancing, we're going to be singing and... In the midst of all of that, I just want to, to, I'm trusting God that by his spirit, I will communicate his mind and his will in the name of Jesus. And everyone will hear in his own language. So there are so many things and I pray that only that which is of him will come out. Amen. Now, the first thing I, you know, I review as we would do from last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, we, we zeroed in on the Psalm, Psalm 27. And we saw in verse 13 how the psalmist gave us his secret. David is a man that if you are going through trouble, you can learn a lot from him. And David told us that he would have lost heart. Praise the Lord. That's what he says. He starts that verse by saying, I would have lost heart. And then he told us what saved him. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had what? Believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. I also would have lost heart. You also most likely would have lost heart. And if somebody is losing heart, it's because he has not believed that he will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We know, you know, our um, patriarch, one of our patriarchs, Job, he can imagine his situation. If anybody was qualified to commit suicide, it was Job. But Job said, no, I will wait until my Shiloh comes. He believed he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Remember, this race we are running, we are not pioneers. Okay, that's why the Bible says that there is a great cloud of witnesses that are looking at us. So whatever circumstance, whatever situation, even as a nation that we are going through, there are saints that have passed through seasons like this. And when we search the scriptures, we look at them and we have their testimonies to strengthen us, to encourage us and to direct us. Amen? So we saw that in Psalm 27, 13. And we also saw Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where we saw that we are enjoined to be anxious for not a thing. Not when it is like this. Not when it is not like that. Okay? Part of what we read in Psalm 27 was that when my father and my mother, when our government forsakes us, we will put our trust 
in the Lord. We'll put our confidence in the Lord. Okay? So be anxious for what? Nothing. Nothing. They say um, terrorists are in Buari, they're in Zuma. They are anywhere. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Okay? But it doesn't leave you there. It says be anxious for nothing. But, praise the Lord. That's a mistake oftentimes we make when we read the scriptures. We don't follow it through. Okay, it says be anxious for nothing. So some people say be anxious. No, it doesn't stop. There. It says, but in everything, what do you do? By prayer and supplications with thanksgiving. Thank God we are going to be doing thanksgiving today. So when we begin to thank God, you thank God that I will not be anxious. Okay, the psalmist says, though the earth be removed and the mountains quake. It says I will not fear. Why? Because I have a God. Praise the Lord. So we'll be anxious for nothing. And verse 7 of that Philippians 4 went on to tell us that when we get it right, it says the peace of God. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard our hearts, will stand garrison around our hearts, will be protected, will be distinguished in the environment and in the circumstance. Somebody said that will be my portion in Jesus' name. Okay, so I have also one announcement. That's a review, so I hope we'll come back there. Psalm 62 verse 11 is a very simple statement that we find in the scriptures. And it simply says, God has spoken once. Okay? God has what? Spoken once. God has declared once that what? Power belongs to him. But he says twice. I have heard it. Some translations say many times I hear it. Now this morning, brothers and sisters, if you hear that sound and hear that voice of God and keep it where it should be, all the things that we are talking about will immediately fall into place. God has spoken once and I hear it over and over again. That word power belongs to God. Praise the Lord. Now, power of the enemy belongs to God. Power that I have belongs to God. Power that I need belongs to God. Power that I don't have belongs to God. All power belongs to God. There can be no exercise of power in the world anywhere unless God permits it. Are you listening to me, church? This is who the Christian is. The Christian is one who has come to believe and over time experience that power resides with God. So the Christian is never in a situation where he needs to turn his eye away from God. I don't know if someone is getting what I'm saying. You see, he doesn't say uh, manifestations and other things won't happen. But he says the root and the source. Hallelujah. Lord, help me. Okay, help me get this picture. Okay, so someone is in the house, okay, and some appliance, maybe um, um, the air conditioner or something, you know, uh, catches fire, or maybe the, the, um, for, for those days when we had, most people wouldn't have ceiling fans down in their house. I think I still have in my house. Okay, so if the ceiling fan begins to misbehave and, you know, starts going out of the way and trying to create some problems, there are options you can go to stop the ceiling fan from the oscillation, isn't it? 
You can go and grab it so that it doesn't spoil something. But if you know where they turn it off from, what does the wise person do? You go and turn off its source of power. Are you with me? Now, God is saying to you and I that you must understand that power for whatever noise, for whatever agitation, for whatever trouble, for whatever thing is still residing with me. So if you get it right with God, every other thing must adjust. Praise the Lord. Okay, maybe some of us keep some ferocious dogs. And you, you may have visited someone who has some very ferocious dogs and they're barking and gnarling and, you know, you know, saliva ready to bite and all of that. And then the owner comes out, not even the owner, the son of the owner, six-year-old boy, and just comes out and says, Jim, sit down. And what happens immediately? You could have solved that problem one way. By going to try to kill the dog like David killed a lion. Which is possible. Amen. But when the one who controls the dog shows up and finds favor. Or you find favor with him. What happens? You do not need to fight in that battle. The one who controls will withdraw the source of agitation. And say to Jim what? This one, no. Calm down. That is what God is saying. He says, once hast thou spoken. Hallelujah. And twice, in every circumstance, hear it. Are you sick in the body? Hear the power. Hallelujah. Listen, I've had, I'm sure you've had the same. You've had sicknesses that then you've realized it was troubling you. Then all of a sudden, you can't find it anymore. In fact, you've forgotten you had that sickness. Until something happens. What happened? Power belongs to who? To God. Nothing in this created world has been outsourced. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Nothing in God's world has been outsourced. Are you with me? All power in his world, he still holds it back. He still can shut it. He still can release it. Remember what he said to Satan. He said, Satan, okay, go to Job. But... This one, I won't let you have it. So all the noise that Satan was making around Job, there was a regulator that was saying thus far and no more. The business of the Christian is to keep focus on the one who has all power. To keep his ears open to the one who has all power. To set his heart on the one who has all power. You know why? Because if you lose that focus, oh, you cannot have peace. Peace, it will be impossible. Peter demonstrated that for us. Peter was in the boat. The storm was raging. The wind was boisterous. And by an act of faith, by an inspiration, God the Father, or by his Holy Spirit, did a lot of things directly with Peter, you know, amongst the disciples. It must have been by the inspiration of the Father, just like he said to him, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. That Peter knew that if that is the Christ, if that is Jesus, if he says to Peter, come, then Peter can walk on water. So Peter said to the Lord Jesus, Master, if, if that be you, Lord, bid me come to you on, water, on the water. And the Bible didn't say, when Jesus said to Peter, come, the Bible didn't say the wind stopped. It didn't say the storm ceased. Okay? So Peter started walking on the boisterous, winterous, raging water. Okay? 
But something happened along the line. And the Bible told us what happened. As Peter was walking to Jesus, all of a sudden, he ceased considering only the word of Jesus. And he started factoring in other things that he was seeing. The moment he did that, he diluted the concentration of power that was available to him. Child of God, you see, your life, you can decide to focus on the one who has all the power and controls it. Or you can decide to mix everything about you from, you know, this one brings this, you mix it, this one. At the end of the day, you'll be operating on 10% of God's power. So the Bible said, when Peter saw that the wind was what? Boisterous. Jesus was still there. Is someone with me? The word had not changed. He hadn't said to Peter, stop coming. But when Peter factored in all of that and considered the power or the ability or the potential that the wind had to stop him, then he stopped. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, why did you what? Doubt. He didn't stop the wind. Even when he picked him up, it was until they got to the boat. What am I trying to say? God is saying to me, he's saying to his church, he's saying to the Christians in Nigeria, power does what? Belongs to me. Focus on me. Focus on Jehovah. Why is this important? I wish and I pray that this time will produce a revival, a genuine revival of righteousness and holiness in the church. Because you see, if you focus on him, that's all you're going to be pursuing. Do you get what I'm saying? The Bible says, the wicked flees when no one does what? Pursues. The wicked flees. But it says the righteous is what? As bold. Why is the righteous as bold as a lion? Because the righteous and God are together. Are you with me? The righteous know that he has God backing him up. And that's our pursuit. So let this whole thing establish us. Let it make us unshakable and immovable. Let us love the Lord more. Let us serve the Lord more. Let us be zealous for the Lord more. Let us believe him more. Let us boast about him more. Praise the Lord, somebody. Is somebody getting that? As simple as that. And the next verse says, Also to you, O Lord, belongs what? Mercy. Hallelujah. So this your God, who has all power, is not wicked. He's what? He's merciful. Some time ago, we learned that it's difficult to find a combination of extreme power and mercy together. What helps men to be merciful is that they consider themselves. But when somebody knows he will never need your mercy. I get it. When somebody knows he will never be at your mercy. That's why you hear some people, they talk brashly. Get away. I will deal with you. It's because they look at themselves and they see where they found themselves in life. And they think that where they are, you can never be anything of essence to them. But God, being all-powerful, yet has retained mercy. Are you with me? So this all-powerful one is merciful. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And he has said, I will not allow, which means my temptations are allowed. I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But with every of those temptations, what do I do? I make a way of escape. Why? I am merciful. Now, the next, last one before we move from. It says, for you render to each one according to his work. This says to me that justice will be done. Praise God. 
The all-powerful one is saying he will not overlook the things that are happening. He is merciful and he will render to each one what? Nobody can intimidate Jehovah. Nobody can hold him to ransom. Nobody can say I have a secret so he can't act. God, (laughs) you can't threaten him. You can't say you kidnap him. You can't run away from him. You can't even find him, catch him. You know, there's a, a title they help people in my place, Ikukuamonya. It means the trap cannot catch wind. Do you understand? He's God. So it says he renders to each one according to his work. So you can stay confident that the God who has all power will judge. Praise the Lord. That the God who has all power sees. On Wednesday we sang the song, Jehovah sees, Jehovah knows. That the God who has all power will intervene. At the end of the day, everybody will get his portion. And the New Testament says, each man shall receive his own, whether good or bad. I'm sure you'll be expecting to receive good in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So that's what he said. He said, announce to them, power belongs to God. Amen? And then he said also, announce Malachi 3.6. It says, I am the Lord. I do not change. That's our God. He doesn't change in time. He doesn't change by geographical location. None of those things change him. He's the same here. He's the same there. He's the same everywhere. He's the same today. He's the same yesterday. He's the same tomorrow. He is the Lord. He does not change. Because of his stability, he says, therefore, we are not what? Consumed. We will not be consumed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, somebody. Can we just appreciate the Lord for these things that he is? I could actually just close this service and we'll just start dancing because it means that somebody says this and this and that. I say, you don't have the power. Hallelujah. No, you don't have the power. You can make the thread, but you, you, you don't have the power to carry it out. That's why it says, no weapon fashioned against you shall. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, it says, thou shalt condemn. It says, I created the blacksmith. The coal that they're using to forge the iron in fire. He said, I created it. I will not permit any weapon that is fashioned. That's how far back God controls issues. He controls the sleep our enemies are sleeping. He can terrify them in the dream. Laban was planning to wake up and go and deal with Jacob. In the dream, God held a conference with him. He said, oh boy, see you. If you touch that boy, I'm sure God spoke with mafia language. You watch movies, eh? Jacob is my boy. <laughs> Don't play with him. When Laban went, he started, he said, let's have love feast. He was coming for war. After the dream, when he met Jacob, he said, it's love feast I came for. Because in the night, I had a meeting with someone who is for you. Tell somebody, Jehovah is for you. Our God is mighty. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Second Chronicles 20. We'll read this text and then... <clears throat> 2 Chronicles 20 is a text we're all familiar with. We'll read it and we'll pick one or two things there and we'll bless the Lord. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. 
and they are in Hazaz on Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Three and four is capturing what we are saying here. When these three, you know, nations, a great multitude came against Judah, what did Jehoshaphat do? Simple. He set himself to do what? To seek the ultimate source of power. He turned his gaze. He didn't lose concentration. He turned his gaze on this God. He didn't say, let's start learning, you know, old tricks or new tricks at an old age. No. He said, let's go to this God who has been our help in time past. Verse 4. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there no power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Now we've looked at the principles. This is the application. What Jehoshaphat is saying here is what we are saying. That power belongs to God. Child of God, please, if you want to pray, sit down and convince yourself that God is the greatest. That God has all power. Panic is not prayer. Are you with me? Reporting gossip is not prayer. You see, prayer is like letter writing. I've said it here several times. In primary school, no, I, I, was it primary school or secondary school they taught us letter writing? When, when did we letter? Primary school. In, in today's Nigeria, they'll teach it in youth service because youth couples can't even write letter. But in our days, they taught us in primary school. And in the letter, there are important components that once you get, I remember those days, once you get it, you've already passed. Get the date, get the address, who you're writing the letter to. Am I right? And then the sign of who is writing. Once you get those things, the body itself might take 20%. The others have given you 80%. Now, prayer, in prayer, the God you're coming to, knowing who he is, is 90%. Are you with me? In fact, that is why praise and worship is so powerful as a form of prayer. Because in praising God and in worshiping, you address him in his real status. And even if you're not able to speak again, because the dumb, God answers their prayers, God will answer you as well. It's not how we articulate the problems. It's how we know who we have come to. It says, he that comes to him must believe that he is. That's what Joseph has said here. Look at what he said. He said, oh Lord God of our father. He says, you are God in heaven. He said, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nation. So, Three kingdoms are coming against me. You rule over all the kingdoms of the earth. He didn't go to God and say, God, we have died. Is someone with me? He said, you are God almighty. You rule over all. In your hand, is there no power and might? He said, power belongs to you. Power belongs to you. This is prayer. Listen, if you do this every day, you don't need to say more. Part of what I remind God every day, I said today is 31st of uh, July. I remind God that you made this day. Everything in this day, you made it. The things that were transferred from yesterday, the sun that we're seeing, you created, you ordained it, you told it how to function. 
Now, you cannot make this day and create all these things. And then some people will be running, running you know, helter-skelter in your day without your permission. So, God, you're in control. I get in what I'm talking about. God reigns in his world. Okay? So, prayer is getting right who you're talking to. That's what Joseph began to do here. He went on and said, verse 7, he says, Are you not our God? He began to say he's experienced it with God. This is prayer. So, you address who he is. You know, in letter writing also, they say, refer to, you know, I thank you the last time I visited you, uncle. You know, you bought me a cabin biscuit and this. I want to thank you. Isn't that what they tell us? You come from background. Okay? So, this is what Joseph is doing here. Verse 7, he begins to say, Are you not our God who drove out? He's saying, God, we have history with you. Anybody here has history with God? Can you take a moment and just thank him for that history? Can you just remember how he delivered you? Can you remember how he set you free? Can you remember how he provided for you? Can you remember how he made a way? Can you tell him you did it for me? Tell him you are my God. That's what prayer is about. So this is who you are. And this is what you have done for me. It's like that song that says, you're a good, good father. Is who you are. And I'm loved by you. Is who I am. Okay? So, this is who you are. And I'm not reading you in the magazines. Okay? I'm not seeing you afar off. I know you because you have shown yourself in my family. You have shown yourself in my life. You have shown yourself in my circumstance. Okay, that's what he began to say here. So, are you not a God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? And gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. You see, he's still talking about the relationship. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name. Saying, this is your promise now. This is where promise comes in. I didn't know I was going to teach on prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And dwell in it and built you a sanctuary in it for your name. Saying, God, this is what he said. If disaster comes upon us, sword judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence... For your name is in this temple and cry out to you in affliction and you will hear and do what? And save. This is his promise. Now what promise do we have? He says, call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you did not know. Praise the Lord. He said, whatsoever things we ask according to his will, he hears us. Let me tell you one of the assurances you can have when you pray for a country. And in this difficult time that we have, the Lord said he will not share his glory with any man. Say that you live, O Lord. The knowledge of your glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So, I also pray, say, Lord, adventure we, your children, have failed you. We, the church, we have not done all the things we should do. But Lord, for your namesake, do you understand? Let it not be said that in this nation... The children of the bondwoman overthrew the children of promise. Even if we have not been good children, you're a good father. God is a jealous God. God was so ready to wipe off the nation of Israel. After that, so disobeyed him and not believed him. He said to Moses, this ten times. Say, come on, let me wipe them off. Moses said to him, God, I know you're angry and you actually deserve, you, you have the right to wipe them off. The only problem is, what will these nations think about you? About you, not about us. They are going to now say that the, the, your battery finished, your battery died. That you brought them out and you couldn't do this. So God said, okay, okay, I understand. I'm now going to do it um, 
uh, what system was that? In 40 days, 40 years. Is it concurrently now? So one person dies, another person is born. One person dies. So he still wiped them off, but in a way that the nations didn't know. That's what he did. You know, he's God. He's wiser than all of us. So they were moving around. The population was the same, but he was switching people. Okay? You will not be replaced. You will fulfill purpose. Okay? Part of what I also pray is that God, you see, God is intentional. Some of us, you know, uh, the young children that are being born today, I want to believe God that they'll enter into, they'll see a glorious Nigeria. But some of us saw a beautiful Nigeria. It wasn't that, you know, perfect, but some of us knew when they give you pocket money, okay? And um, I think, I can't remember whether it was five naira that my father used to give me. Some of us went to secondary school when they served us chicken. Eh? And when we finish eating, they give us fruits. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Some of us went to secondary school where if you wanted to play hockey, they would give you full kit. If you were running, they give you spikes. You wore spikes. We had tennis courts, lawn tennis. We had table tennis, all of that. And school fees was zero. In fact, some of our classmates who came from parts of some states in the Federation got bursaries. So every month they'll go and collect mint money. We saw that Nigeria. Okay. Now, how will... I see that type of Nigeria. Then come and see this type now. And bequeath this type to my children. Lord, no. So I say to the Lord, let me fulfill the purpose for which you allowed me to see this. May I not bequeath it to my generation coming after. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says David served his generation according to the will of God. There are things this generation needs. And that's why God trusted you to be an adult now. Amen? I was telling someone the other day. I said when we were growing up, as a teenager, even, we didn't even think of robbery. I think it was when we were teenagers that Aneni was raining. Around that time, right? It was the only robbery news that made me. Imagine teenagers now thinking, they're thinking of Jam, they're thinking of Wayek, they're thinking of Neko, they're thinking of uh, Boko Haram, they're thinking of Iswap, they're thinking of Leah Sheribu. I mean, we never had such thoughts. We just barbed our hair, you know, did the style that we wanted to do, sporting waves, you know, some people are harassing children now for doing braids. We did all kinds of things. Do you understand? That was the Nigeria we had. We had no issues. And then the people before us had it even better. By university, they're interviewing you, telling you, do you want to work here? Do you want to work there? Which car do you want to buy? They're giving you, as they're employing you, they're giving you car loan immediately. And then we are bringing a Nigeria where after six years of leaving school, nobody has said, come and resume. It will not happen. God's mercy will deliver. A new Nigeria will come forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Why did we see that? We didn't see that to tell them this is the best it can be. So there will be change. Praise the Lord. I say there will be change. There will be change. I I, I had some, you know, interesting dreams in the night. I, I really, most times I don't understand my dreams. I pray about all of them. I just commit them into the hands of God. But these ones were beat, you know. You know, you dream and then you wake up and... You get a bit of what happened. In this dream, you know, the first one was like, you know, an oppressive environment. And you know, um, by nature, I'm not very reactive. Okay? So, by nature, I'm... I'm, uh, Okay, let me explain it this way. I don't fight. I'm not very violent. Okay? Throughout my life, I think it was once that I even tried to fight. 
And that fight, I just pushed the person because he was looking for my trouble, looking for my trouble, looking for my trouble. You know, he was bigger than me then. I just took muscle from here. One push and the fight ended. But I've never boxed somebody. Do you understand? So I'm just trying to say, but in this place, the person was looking for so much trouble that the only option was to get violent on him. Now, I don't know how it ended, but after that, I got up, dreamt another one. And in this one, it was like a monster. And what I know that was the way that one ended was that I also didn't want to fight. I was just running from this monster. And then at a point, I reached out and put my hands and tore his face into pieces. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I know that God is about to do something. I know that there is a change around the corner. But I perceive there is going to be some fight. And that fight, we have to be sensitive. We will not fight it carnally. Because the weapons of our warfare are mighty, not in muscles. They are mighty through God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we have to get this understanding. So I pray that we all come along and we follow the path. We establish who our God is. There is no greater place where you need to be strong than being strong in the Lord. Are you with me? You see, I pray time permits us if we don't, if we don't on Wednesday. There are some things the Lord showed me in the scriptures. If you can put the account of, um, of the Syrophoenician woman when, when she was following Jesus for the healing of her daughter. And the disciple says, drive this woman away. And Jesus did not even answer her. Jesus would not respond to her. And the woman kept pestering Jesus, kept pestering Jesus. And then Jesus' answer to this woman was, uh-uh. Don't disturb me. Why? He says, I was not sent except what? To the lordship of the house of Israel. That should have ended the conversation. This person didn't talk. Then when he now talked, he says, You're not, your name is not on the list. But the woman made a statement and said, But even the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. At that statement, what I want you to see there is what Jesus said. The account where he says, Jesus said to her, for that you're saying, I think it was that mark you showed me. Find one of them. Jesus said to her, for that thing you said, your daughter is healed now. And the Holy Spirit said to me, there are things you can say while you're conversing with somebody. And it will be the critical statement for deliverance. The Holy Spirit said, ah. So this thing she said, her daughter was not there. Went from there to where her daughter was and drove the demon away. Child of God, faith is not noise. You must get yourself to where you believe God. This woman so believed in the power of Jesus that when Jesus said, I don't have food for you, I have food for my children. This woman's estimation of God's power said, the crumbs that fall from your table are enough to solve my problem. Listen, never doubt the capacity of God to save Nigeria and never overestimate whatever the devil is doing. The unrented time. If they lie, let them surround and in round. With the blow of a wind, everything can turn over. You must keep your faith that strong. Not because you're hyped, because that's the truth. I understand. No, not, not because, you know, Pastor Ikena is hyped. No, it's because that is the fact of the matter. That's the truth. That's reality. Thank you for putting that for me. Yes, that's the Mark translation. It says, for this, your, for this saying, go your way. So this warfare is not a warfare of, you know, I read somewhere, one man of God say, they shoot, you shoot, they shoot. No, that's not the level. That's some people's job. And if it's your job, yeah, you have to shoot. 
When the time comes, they will tell us when we need to get. But for now, we are fighting on a different realm. Are you with me? David fought Goliath. Okay? Before he sent his stone, he sent his words. And the Bible said, Goliath began to curse David by his gods. We've said it here. Praise the Lord. You set a fight between a heavyweight and an infant. Will the heavyweight curse an infant? You just pick the infant and what? Smash the infant on the ground. What will make heavyweight cost an infant? Because you know that this infant no be infant. Eh? That this battle get leg. If you don't get help from other sources. Goliath started cursing David. He should have just gone and, you know, used one finger and just... Ah. But battles are not like that. And David said to him, I come against you. In the name of the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You see, we have to understand there are things happening in the spiritual. Anyway, so I talked about that. He said, for this you're saying. So please, the warfare we're in now, be careful what you say. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, be careful what you say. The Bible has told us. He said, do not call a conspiracy what this will call a conspiracy. Do not join them to say what they're saying. Will we deny what is happening? No, but we'll pronounce what we know will supersede. Praise the Lord, somebody. So it says here, there's a promise, verse 9. We're back in Second Chronicles 29. If disaster comes upon us, sword, uh, pestilence, famine, and we cry to you in affliction, you hear and save us. And now here are the people, Ammon, Moab, and Mansur, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O Lord our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. This is it. Let me mention something that is important. Verse 10, where Joseph says, Now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Manseh, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. Now, the truth is this. What is the desire of any genuine Christian for this bandits and let's even say you know the people with the Islamic agenda what is the desire of any genuine Christian for them that they be saved do you understand we want them to come to heaven with us in our father's house there are what there are many mansions so these people we want them saved but they want us killed oh lord will you not see and judge that's what we're talking about we don't want them killed we want them saved The blood our Lord and Savior Jesus shed on the cross is more than enough. If everybody created in this world makes it to heaven, heaven will still be heaven. There won't be traffic. Praise the Lord. You will still get your Lexus. Hallelujah. All the blessings, you will still have it. Nothing will touch it. Our God is mighty. Our God is rich. Our God is big. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Joseph was saying, these people, we didn't harm them. These are prayer. These these are steps in prayer. So, Lord, look at where we are. Here they are now, rewarding us by coming to throw us out. Verse 12, he now says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So, verse 13 says, Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. 
Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you Christians, and you inhabitants of Nigeria, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. Hallelujah. He says, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed because of this conspiracy, because of this gathering. People that they said helicopters drop arms for them. All manner of things. But thank God, the battle is not ours, but our God's. He said, tomorrow, go down against them. Now, this is another interesting part. 16. He said, tomorrow, go down against them. Is it on the screen? Let's read it together. Just help me read it. Read it yourself for me. Just, just hold on. I want you to get some things here. You see, what, what we are learning today is not for the few minutes we we'll spend in church. We are learning what when you go, it will be, you know how those apps will be working on your phone continuously. God knows their movements. It was today. God said to them, tomorrow they will go this way. Are you with me? Today, they were in today. Our God, I told you, whether they turn left or they turn right, they take permission from our God. Is someone hearing me? So when they say this and that, it doesn't shift my dependence on him. It doesn't shift my focus on him. In today, God said, tomorrow, this is where they're going to go. So you go here and meet them. The same way God said to Moses, wake up early in the morning. Pharaoh is going to come this way. Pharaoh had not come up. Let's rise on our feet. Let me end this sermon today. Child of God, your God is mighty. Your God is mighty. God has no mate. God has none that can be compared to him. God has no situation that causes him to summon a meeting. He is the most high God. He has his way in every time, in every situation. All he needs is that you keep your gaze on him. You keep your eye on him. What happened here at the end of the day said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem. He said, do not fear, nor be dismayed. He said, tomorrow God against them, for the Lord is with you. We know what happened there. What did they now have to do? They went out. Interestingly, God didn't tell Jehoshaphat that they should start singing. Did God tell him that? Okay, you're going to see something now. Okay, so, um, who likes boxing here? No, no, not that you like boxing. You watch boxing. Okay, let's take it. I watch boxing. Okay? So, my favorite person is going to box. Okay? What's our, our, our young brother's name? Joshua. Anthony Joshua is going to box. Okay? And he's going to box the um, Yusek. Okay? Now, I know now that these two people are going to fight. And for some reason, I know Joshua will win because I'm supporting him. Okay? Now, when they get into the ring and I'm there by the side, I beg, what will I be doing? Will I be doing like this? Eh? Will I be doing that? What will I be doing? I will just be saying, go Joshua, go Joshua. When God said to Jehoshaphat, you will not need to fight in this battle. <laughs> Jehoshaphat summoned the army and said, okay, since we are not going to fight, the other assignment closest to this fight is cheerleading. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
So the whole army, instead of shooting arrows, started shooting praises. Because God was going to do the arrow part for them. So they occupied the next most important assignment. They started shooting praises. Anybody here wants to get involved? It's our time to praise God. Let us do the one we can do. Let us praise our God. Let us be praising him. The songwriter says, I go to worship my God. He go to do them for me. The song says, going up to the high places to tear the devil's kingdom down. We are going with our praises because our God knows how to stop AK-47. He knows how to put confusion in the camp of our enemies. He knows how to frustrate their devices. He knows how to mess up their meeting. He knows how to drive their wise men backwards. He knows how to frustrate every device that they raised. So my assignment is worship him. My assignment is praise him. My assignment is just cheer for him. Come on, put those hands together. And cheer for your champion. And cheer for your captain. And cheer for the one that has never lost a battle. He has never backed out. He wins every battle. He says, I am the same. I do not change. I am God Almighty. I'm the one who brought the armies of Egypt down. I'm the one who taught Pharaoh a lesson. And for the enemies of the church, this is what Jesus said. He says, I will build my church. And the gates of heads, they shall not prevail. The Bible said to you and I, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, it's possible that's what they've done. It says, is it me that will rise? No, it says the spirit of the Lord shall raise a standard. So what will I be doing? I'll just be saying, oh my God, what a wonderful God you are. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.